Let's, Let's grow. I fucked up, but I feel better. Ain't nobody. You don't know me. Chill out with all these accusations. I am never in y'all faces, and y'all still debating over what? Who's the Almighty? Listen. Uh. Let this sizzle in your spirit when you hear it It's like angels singing in the distance And after comes a vision But only if you took the time to envision Put it together before it even existed It was written Streaming vibes out our mushroom galaxy Bartastic, you can't match it Vibe streams beat with the magic <laughs> And let it happen to you and let it happen to you what's going on world it's your man dj journey and you're listening to vibe stream beach podcast we got a special guest today and longtime friend musician partner i'm a fan of his work and he's from the native lands where i come from let's give it up for mr chris hawkins aka cool out chris what's going on man man what's going on journey man thanks for having me brother shout out to vibe stream beach thank you guys hey. for having me man, thank I'm you blessed yes sir thank you man vibe stream beast is an evolution of of you know the pandemic and vibe meaning who you are streaming and the way that we communicate and beast is the heartbeat of the community so you know it's All a little right. bit deeper than just a swag right right exactly there you go. that's right that's right swag words is what they say man right but yeah um how are you as a person man right now it's a lot going on in the world how are you as a person man you know i'm i'm uh i'm blessed i'm alive um you know my family's healthy and i'm informed and my head is going to swivel i'm from the city of chicago you know hey, how you know. yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, there's there's a there's a word uh, for Chicagoans, man. That word is resilience. Yeah, you can put us in any situation, man. Five below, hundred degree heat. Yeah, we gonna get through it. Man, it does not matter. It does not matter. We stand tall, man. No matter what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's up, man. So, vibe stream beats. We're bringing something new. Uh, we're bringing gamification to the forefront. So. We're going to gamify your life as you will. I'm going to ask questions that are on this gamification uh, eight core scale. And uh, you just, you know, be honest, be relaxed, be vibey about it. All right. right, Let's go into it. So uh, core number one is meaning. Okay. Epic meaning, the source of how you even started to do what you do. What was your meaning behind going into music as a kid? Hmm. All right. Um, my meaning in, in going to music as a kid is I, I come from a family, a musical family. So my, my grandmother played drums, organs. Uh, my grandfather played drums. My uncle played drums. So music has always just been a foundation inside the household. So whenever I go to my grandma's house in Michigan City, music always, you know, my grandmother be like, y'all quit playing on the organ, you know, so it's just always around. And then my mom, you know, she would sing like she never like song professionally, but she had a be- you know has a beautiful voice and she would sing around the house. And my mom had this crazy record collection, so that really kind of like inspired me by hearing all of this different music. Cause my mom wouldn't just listen to Stevie Wonder, Smokey Robinson. She'd listen to Air Supply. She listened to Journey. You know what I mean? She listened to Hall and Oates. So it was such a such a, a vast uh, catalog of music. You know what I mean? So. 
part of our part of our uh, chores, you know, on Saturdays, you have to clean up the house before you can watch cartoons, you know, or go outside. So we be cleaning up the house. My mom would have her little turntable over there. She had me going over there putting her records on. So that's how I started getting familiar with like, oh, okay, this is this, and putting the needle to the groove, and you know, then. When I would finish my work, instead of me going outside, I'd find myself flipping the album covers over and finding out, oh, okay, this is Quincy Jones. Okay, this person played on here. This was produced by this person. Copyright, like I was just, I, I just turned into like this music nerd um, because I love the music so much and the diversity of it. So that's where it started for me. Epic meaning, epic meaning. All right, core number two is mm-hmm. accomplishment. After you decided to be an artist, and mm-hmm. after you decided to love music, what did you want to accomplish being a part of that? Hmm. Huh. That's a good question. I think uh, I think when I started it, it was it was because it was something that I loved and it was a passion and I didn't really have any set goals. Um, I think now as, as I mature um, with what I've been doing as an artist, um, you know, since I was 16, 15 years old, um, I'm just more enlightened by whatever kind of impression I can leave with people. You know what I'm saying? If I can, if I can be a part of producing a song or if I can be a part of uh, a writing session of a song that can do something and change something or tap somebody else's life, that's, that's it for me. Like I'm, I'm never like, I'm, I'm not looking for, you know, Grammys. I mean, I'll take all that stuff. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not, I'm not looking for a trophy. You know what I mean? My trophy is giving you something if you can find that and it can be useful to you we all win it so yang that's that's a huge accomplishment man and it, it makes me think about uh in 2013 i i had the pleasure to go to um the rock and roll hall of fame induction uh a ceremony and i was there with public enemy and rush right. got on on stage and this dude went on uh well it was it's three members of rush uh i forgot the guy's name but he went on for like 10 minutes saying blah 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 uh-huh. and we were like hold on where's this guy going with this and at the end of the blah blah blahs for like an extensive amount of time he was like you know i accept this award but me coming up here with some fancy accept uh some fancy acceptance speech would uh-huh. be just blah 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 but at the age of 12 i i decided to get with these guys and say we were going to play music for the rest of our lives so it's i can't say anything right now right yeah right that that in itself on the side man and just wanted to make something that people can like connect with is is a great accomplishment man and so thank you brother thank you absolutely you said what's that the rock rock and roll hall of fame we were just yeah. there. Uh, we were just there a few months ago, and uh, out there in Cleveland. So, oh, in Cleveland, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We kicked it with tall black guy out there for a little bit too. But yeah, and that was the thing too. Like we were looking and just seeing like the inductees, so uh, especially with Public Enemy, which is just, yeah. I mean, come on, Public Enemy. I mean, you, you get no better, Chuck. You know what I'm saying? Just Hank Shockley, the Bomb Squad. Just ah, yeah. That was yeah, yeah. 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 Big big shouts. I tell you about that story, man. But they kind of yeah yeah you got to give me the backstory yeah. on that one off the record um number three core number three is creativity okay after finding your your epic meaning going mm-hmm. into your accomplishment what you wanted to do with the art form how did you choose a creative process to what you wanted to provide hmm. Hmm. 
that could be uh, equipment NPC over you know the yeah, yeah. SB, uh, SB12 or you know right right, right. okay I guess process yeah well for, for me it started with honestly with, with me when it started with my creative process it was just really with records because um, of course that's where I came from was records but what I would do is um, I was working at McDonald's at the time and I would kill my whole McDonald's paycheck and I would go we had a we had a, a neighborhood studio on in Bellwood off Bellwood Avenue was this guy named Rox Davy and he had this, this studio one of the only few studios that we could even get to in Bellwood and I would go and probably kill my entire check there chopping up a sample learning how to work his Lindrum and program the stuff and uh, I did that for probably about I'd say probably about maybe about four months or so and then I started wising up and I'm like man I'm like I can't keep doing this I'm like my mom's starting to make me pay some bills now you know what I'm saying so I uh I ended up going to a pawn shop and I got a uh a TR uh 606 which I still have it around here somewhere wow. I'm gonna get it fixed but I bought the TR 606 TR 606 I think I was like 15 or 16 at the by time rolling, right yeah by rolling yep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep and then uh I started programming with that just programming drums and I was like ah man this is still hard because you know then I'm like well I don't have a sampler so then I would use uh tape decks so I would do pause button stuff so I program my drums get whatever my BPMs was I find whatever sample I was I wanted to use and then I would pause and loop back and forth on the cassette decks until I got a full two minutes of whatever my loop was and with the drums and then we'd hang the mic from the garage and in the, in the and, and from the ceiling and lay vocals and all that other stuff and it would sound like horrible like because you overdubbed it like 20 times by the time you get to it but I went from there then after that I knew that I needed a sampler found out that a a guy that I knew um, that was a producer he was a you know he was a budding producer he had a um, uh, Insonic EPS which I still have sitting right here in front of me now Mm -hmm. and uh, I ended up buying that from him back back then probably like for I think it was probably like maybe 150 bucks Insonic EPS was that the same EPS that I was looking at? Oh yeah, the same one. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. That was not going. Ah, the beats came from that joint. Man, look, I loaded it up not too long ago, and just uh, I still found some gems in there. But I have to, I got to convert everything. So that's why I need to enter. Be like, yeah, get on over here and convert these to MP3s and wait for them. But I got, I got a bunch of them to get cataloged. But uh, but then from there, I um. Uh, after that, I mean, I worked on the EPS for a long, long period of time, and then uh, I ended up connecting with Tall Black Guy when he got here uh, to Chicago from from Detroit, and then we started hanging out a lot. He come through the crib, and then I noticed he was using software to make his beats. Because when I first when I first heard of them, uh, Riff Raff from Spillaneys had introduced me, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, this is Pathfinders. They were out from out in Bolingbrook," and he let me hear their mixtape, and I was just like, "Wow!" I was like, "This is." Incredible, like what I was hearing, like from the production and the lyrics. I was like, man, this is kind of like a Midwest, like little brother. Um, then we ended up connecting, and then I remember one one night we were headed to a show. We got him booked on the show. I was playing beats, and every beat I was playing, it was like uh, uh, Rail was like tall black guy. He was like, man, he's like, oh yeah, you got that sample from there. And then everything, it was like he was just like sample busting me, like, yeah, you got that from there. Oh yeah, that's Smokey Robinson in the mirror. He like threw the song, and I, I kind of look back, and I'm like, how old yeah. are you? You know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm like, you know your music. And he's like, yeah. And then after that, we just continued to build. But then he came over, and he started, he was making his tracks with uh, Sony Acid uh, programs at the time. 
So then he taught me, and I was like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm old school, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know what, let me let me get this a little a little, a little bit of a, a go, because then I was able to convert stuff easier, you know, track yeah. stuff out. So then I made probably from anywhere, probably from like the mid-2000s up until like 2014, 2015, just all beats were made off of acid. Um, yeah. Then after that, got the MPC Renaissance. Um, I got all kind of keyboards. I got an electronic drum kit behind me, guitar all kind of shakers and percussions yeah. uh, and then i picked up uh the machine micro which is pretty cool just for something small and compact but that that was probably that's that's kind of like where my whole like coming together with the whole thing of doing the production stuff yeah. i think my my biggest challenge was uh not being afraid to cross genres with music you know what i mean because i was traditionally known as being a boom bap you know, hip hop producer, but uh, yeah. well, my wife, you know, I mean, it challenged me, you know, a lot of times she's like, man, like, what's up? Play some chords, you know what I'm saying? Do some progressions, you know, give, do some change ups, do some other stuff, you know what I mean? So her challenging me to explore more than what it was I knew, you know what I'm saying? And then also, you know, you get to sample clearance issues and other kind of stuff like that. So you okay. kind of, after a while, you like, you know, I got to start thinking out of the box a little bit more. So yeah, so, yeah that's kind of where I, progressed to now and you know learning how to play the guitar a little bit i'm a lot better with my uh, with my keyboard playing um you know and also getting collaborators and stuff too for, yeah. For so yeah so your creative toolbox is is pretty vast it is it is, it is. and i'm and i'm trying yeah. not to add anything else to it outside of maybe a few plugins <laughs> yeah man I, I can't you know somebody yeah, like, hey, you, you should get the npc live i'm like like, hey, you can make beats while you're out. And I'm like, yeah. I don't want to be out right now. And I'm like, I, I don't need another device. I, I need to use what it is that I have and just keep creating. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got plenty here. Yeah. All right. So from the creative process, that brings us to uh, number four, which is ownership. Mm -hmm. um, when you uh, when you started, did you ever think about how you wanted to actually take ownership of your 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 space or even your product that you wanted to give to people? Is 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 that something that you think about? Um, yeah, I mean, when you're talking about like ownership of just your, all of it, your music, merchandising. Yeah, yeah, it can yeah. It, it can be you know like, like I, I look at ownership as as like a legacy thing. You know, I, I'm looking oh, at yeah. all right now. It's like a focus on a hundred year plan, no emotions, which means that in a hundred years I probably won't be around from now. But my ownership on what I do right now is going to affect how that has a life. My my creations have a life so oh, yeah. Yeah, how, yeah. how how's that a uh, how's that affect you or how do you apply that uh that sort of mind frame to like all right i gotta take ownership there's a certain amount of things i gotta do man um you know i mean taking ownership for me i mean also really connected with me from like last year my pops passed away in uh early uh 2000 uh i mean 20 uh, early 2020 but it wasn't from from covid or nothing like that but uh you know, after after a, such a, a heavy loss, and then you know, I, you know, I worked in retail for 23 years. You know what I'm saying, doing all the district manager stuff, and you know, running 10, 20 stores, and, and finding myself just all over the place. So everything with, with COVID and everything was a slowdown for me. So so with ownership, as far as on a on an entrepreneur aspect of it, I had to look at myself and say, okay you have all of this time now you have all of this music 
you have all of these ideas, create a roadmap and start moving in that direction. So that was the first thing I had to do. And then I had to, mm -hmm. I had to also, there's also in the, in that process when you were in mourning is understanding that you can lose a lot of confidence, right? Because at those points you want to, you know, you, you feel like you're strong enough to be able to do all of these different things. You know, you're, you know, you're the breadwinner for the family, you're doing all these different things, but then when you don't, can't do anything and you watch your, your you know you lose your, your family member uh you know you kind of get lost so it's, it's less about you know if right. i found myself in here uh sometimes in the end of the day just trying to figure out okay what am i doing right what am i what am i doing what's what is my purpose here right now you know what yeah. i mean um and what i did was i took i took uh i just really took a lot of quiet time to myself you know what i'm saying i, I made a, a, a to every 30 30 to, to to an hour a day quiet time just thinking about what i want to do and not moving because i found that i was moving a lot right so i was moving a lot and i was doing a lot of stuff but you're moving stuff around but everything still looks the same kind of thing so with that i kind of stepped up to the place said okay here's a couple of things since i'm going to structure things here i'm going to focus on things um here's the direction you know if i'm working with artists these are kind of um you know, just guidelines and stuff that I want to have in place so that way I'm making sure that I'm being effective. Um, yeah. And then also just just tell re recertifying to myself that I didn't need anybody else's confidence, anybody else's acceptance or anything else, that everything that I had was already within me at the time. But, you know, at a time when you're going through some stuff, you lose sight of yeah. what the prize is, you know. So for me, that was that was the biggest thing on ownership and, and saying hey you know the accountability is on me if, if it doesn't get done then so be it like i couldn't i couldn't blame because i couldn't get in touch with you know a guy that does graphics for me the reason right. why I, well, some artwork wasn't done or something like that so so for me it was just ownership and stepping up and, and just taking accountability at a, at a tough time so i think that's kind of where i was and then and as far as ownership with the music um i think also just a, a, for you know a whole thing of like legacy and being able to leave stuff for you know family so a lot of stuff that i've been doing now has been sample free so you know there's copyrights and stuff that can live on forever so that's just something else too and just just uh just being able to provide for the family with with the stuff that's been created um yeah. and having a good vibe while doing it so that's excellent man and i i, I like that um that you know, you you took the business out of ownership and you bought it to the person that you are, you know, taking ownership for, you know, the the, the, the air that you breathe, how you want to breathe. And this, you know, and it's next, you know, it's yeah. you want to filter that. Do you just want to you wait? What do you want to breathe? Do you want to breathe outside? You want to be more at home and so on and so forth. So I, yeah. I, I get that, man. And I think a lot of people are going to hear this and they're going to grow from it like, wow, you know. I'm trying to get my copyrights done and I haven't even take, taken on this shit for my actions, you know, just exactly. my yeah, first exactly. step out of bed. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So that's, that's dope. That's dope. So number five goes mm -hmm. into uh, social influence. Okay. You know, with the, uh, with the digital age and everything like that, it's something that we have to think about, but we don't have to, you know, uh, let that be the core of our process so mm. it, what does social influence mean to you um for me i think it's it's like it's like anything else like like people use use social media and they use just whatever kind of platform that they use if you're not using it for 
constructive things. You know what I mean? Like you get all this, you know, I mean, I don't like, like, like Lizzo's getting all this shaming and you get all these people and all this other stuff. But I see people using even social media for the wrong energy, right? You know, everybody's out doing a nice vacation and, you know, during COVID when everybody really supposed to be at home, you know, there's, there's the people that, you know, you don't know how other people are eating, but y'all got this spread of all this food that you got to take a picture of. So I use, you know, social engagement, even from a social media staff platform and not being in front of people positive i mean positive even yeah. during during covid you know i post a beat but i'd be like man y'all stay positive stay masked up be safe out here you know love on one another so on and so forth so i try to spread love because at the end of the day that's all you got you know yeah. what i mean if you can't if you can't leave somebody with a positive word or or give them some type of inspiration to to help you know inspire them to do something else or move on to the next day then you have anything else but i i do see people using um that as an engagement tool for things that are negative i think it also has us also separate on a lot of issues that are really common sense issues and not political issues you know and i won't get into that because that's a whole nother mm-hmm. thing but you know it's it's uh it's I, I i think it's it can be a useful tool if people are using it the right way but i think it's People are locked up. People want to make themselves look a certain way. People, somebody might say something. Somebody misconstrues it. It's so much information that the the, the, the information that's out there in, in some of those instances is just so wrong. I mean, people are making, uh, you know, they're making decisions off of memes. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, so nobody's following science. Nobody has, you know. And I think people, I think what has happened, social media has allowed us to lose. Um, a fraction of our common sense you know what i mean sometimes people can find themselves you know locked in and engaged you know you could be sitting there talking to your significant other and you're like why do i have this phone in my hand you know what i mean so it's like yeah. so so i i think that's um for me that's that's kind of it like it, it can be a useful tool like it's great for getting information out it's good mm-hmm. for you know for me to be able to engage with family members and stuff that are you know miles and miles away um you know, just the internet itself for me to be able to work with artists. I work with artists in Nigeria, uh, the Ivory Coast, uh, France, everywhere. You know what I mean? So, so I love the that aspect of it. But when people use it for the wrong reasons, you know, they they're sitting there capping on people and all that. It's just, you know, it yeah. makes it make you want to shut it down. I totally agree, man. I mean, it's a it's definitely a a, a tool. And it could be a weapon, just like anything else, man. You know, uh, a screwdriver could, you know, screw screws or it can stab a person in the eye, man. It's like (laughs) there's an extreme to everything. So, you know, influence could could be dangerous for, you know, the wrong spirit. (laughs) You're right. You're right. Yeah. So number six, man, let's go into scarcity. Uh, Scarcity is a big thing uh, now because... You know, when you're doing digital art, especially, it can be copied, it can be moved around, it can be screenshot and so on and so forth. How are you thinking about that in your process when you're putting things out? You know, it's funny you say that because I, I was just having this discussion earlier with Amina with uh, the artist that we have in Nigeria, Muyan. Muyan. Uh, we're getting ready to put out his, his, you know, he did the show and the music is pretty much done you know but there's still other admin stuff that needs to be taken care of but he did the show so it's publicly out there now and people are asking for it <laughs> you know what i mean so but also i'm, I'm also looking at i'm sending 
sending music out. So my, my whole thing is, you know, like, like, uh, do I, do I go ahead and send this music? Cause once the music gets out there, right. As soon as they play it on that first radio station, it is now out there public. It's gone. And it's, yeah, there's no backtracking, right. Cause it's going to spread like wildfire after that. Right. But if you don't have your things together legally, you can't go back and say, Oh man, I didn't have to, you know, I didn't have to split set up on the publishing right away or whatever. You know what I mean? Cause you have to anticipate, like, like I told him, I said, if you do the show and you got that many people following up with you right now, we have to strike soon. You know what I mean? But my fear is not of people taking anything. Cause I, I, my, my, I had a boss of mine one time told me this in retail. Cause I remember one time we had just gotten like some new merchandise and, I was like, oh, man, I said, man, I called him. I said, Dan, I said, man, he just came in here like 10 or 15 kids, man. They took like, you know, 30 pairs of shoes. And he was like, oh, man, he's like, everybody OK? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I said, but man, they took the shoes. He said, oh, it's OK. He said they stole it. That means they like it. And I was like, ah, OK. So it was hey, just that whole thing of if they take it, that means that they like it. You know what I mean? So um, so there's I mean, there's certain things like you don't want you don't want to create a, a, a song that you know that you have copyrights to and then you, you look up and then all of a sudden usher is singing the same melody you know what i'm saying or something like that so you have to protect yourself legally but you know the music is for people to hear and to share and explore so once you put it out there in this public it is what it is i mean if they bootleg it then yeah yes they like it you know what i mean but it's also yeah. making sure that as a business person that you have all of your uh, pieces in place before you start making moves so that way you don't right. find yourself backtracking yeah yeah i i i look at uh at, at it the same way man but now that it's a highlight and you know we're looking at this gamification chart every time i ask this question mm -hmm. i think about wow you know i just watched the miles davis documentary mm -hmm. i saw footage i've never seen before it wasn't on his album he didn't speak about it or anything like that but artists just knew at a certain point because there wasn't a lot of these uh these social tools that you can kind of just create and put out there they just knew that you know you just have to save some for later and if you're living this extravagant life especially as an entertainer or producer or anything like that actor you are creating something that if you're exposed and people know you you, mm -hmm. what is going to be your final call you know what i'm saying right. like what does that look like is it going to be just a bunch of clips that everybody else saw or is it going to be some behind the scenes footage right. of you and your process and so on and so forth so that's right. actually just a just a due to you to say like man i know there's something in there you know oh, yeah. i know yeah. that there's something in that room right now that can go in the smithsonian museum and i'm thinking about the eps right now you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. <laughs> like, yeah, like the yeah, yeah. You know? uh, a copy but, of the movie when we went to Africa. You know what yeah, I mean? right. You know, a lot, a lot of stuff. Yeah, hundred has saw. So it's like as an artist, especially coming from the middle where we from, you know, there's so many things that we do that's undocumented that when that piece comes out about you know twilight tone common and when they were coming up in the early days at the elbow room and so on and so forth we gonna be like right like, yo i was there that day but that yep. never met the light of day because it was something that that can only be put in a series and you see it in the wu-tang you know yeah like wu-tang yep. series right now mm -hmm. um, right yeah. shout out to the rizza yeah shout out. behind that yeah. Yep. that was like yo one in the chamber 
Exactly. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Like, yep. We gonna shoot right. this piece like thirty years from now. Yeah. Yep. Well, That's how you I mean, it. I think I think core like we know this, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Salute to you. Absolutely. All right. That goes into uh number seven core game um uh uh on the core game chart. Okay. Unpredictability. <laughs> Unpredictability. I think it speaks to I think who we are coming from Chicago, yourself and everything like that. You can't move mm-hmm. with the map in the city. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just can't let people know what the hell you're going to be next. Right. How does that work for your crea- you creatively? Like, what what type of sauce do you throw in and just be like, wow, you know, is that a hook for you? Is that a at an extra bridge? Is that an intro yeah. with a, with some gospel in it? Like, what, what throws people right. lost when they, like, listening to your art? Man, um, I would say for a lot, a lot of people, for me, it's the drums. You know I mean, I get a lot of producers, I get a lot of MPs because for me, I think, and that doesn't mean like I start all tracks with, with the drums, but I feel like, I feel like that rhythm section is important. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about, we're talking about from, you know, if we really go back, you know, we're talking about the African drums, you know what I'm saying? So the yeah. rhythm has to be there first. So the rhythm is going to help be the sound bed for everything else, right? So. If you work in a sample, you manipulate your sample, you do what you're going to do. If you're playing some chords, you're putting bass lines, you're putting strings, you're putting whatever. If you got some clads, knock some clads in there. If you got some shakers, you add it in there. Mm-hmm. But then that whatever that vocal is, is the last instrument. The vocal is the last instrument. So for me, it's definitely the drums. So a lot of times I get, I get producers, people, they're like, man, like, what did you, was that a break beat? And I'm like, nah, it wasn't a break beat. <laughs> you know what I mean? How did you get that thing? And I'm like, you know. You know, and I'll, I'll tell them, you know, like some of the secrets or I'll say, oh, I did this. I took took the hi-hats and I really like, you know what I'm saying? Like I pitched them down super low so they don't sound like what they would normally sound like. You know, yeah. or I, put a, I put a resonance filter on the hi-hat and panned it. You know what I mean? So every time I hit it's going left to right. So it gives you a feel when you hear it. It feels like you're in a stadium. You know what I mean? So just things like that. So that's, um, that, that's something that that people kind of almost expect from me now. Um, I think as far as the other predictability thing or, or unpredictable is, is uh, people are, are really surprised to find out my wide range and how diverse I am musically um, with what I create, you know, cause I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do some boom bap stuff and then, you know, I'll, I'll say, okay, I have a uh, SD from Cote d'Ivoire coming out. He spits in all French and English and Yoruba, you know what I'm saying? And you, you, you might not know what he's saying, but you feel the vibe, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I get a lot of people and they'll be like, man, cool out like you. And I'm like, it's all music for me. Like, I don't, the last thing I want to do is be pigeonholed. I don't want, I don't want to be the, 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 you know, the OG that they call all the time when they want a boom bap scrap track. I got tons mm-hmm. of them. Don't get me wrong. I'm not shying from that, but that, that's the other thing, you know, just, just, just being, you know, open. And I remember one time I was in an interview and another, producer um you know he was just saying like hey you know i don't like that you know cats be trying to do a whole bunch of different stuff and, you know just stick to one thing and i'm you know in my mind i'm like you young you know what i'm saying right. <laughs> that's what you're saying right now because you're trying to stand on whatever principles and morals that you have but yeah if the right opportunity comes to you and they say hey man can you make me a country song you're gonna be thinking hmm 
yeah, let me make a country song, right? And we're not telling you to drink malt liquor, right? <laughs> if you right. don't drink. Right. But but if, if you if you say you're a musician, if you say you're a producer, if you say even if you say you're a beat maker, you could be a novice beat maker in your room on Fruity Loops, you know what I mean? And that's not to discredit FL Studio or anything, but it doesn't matter what you make on people making beats on their phone, but if you love music then you explore that whole gamut of it and don't pigeonhole yourself. So that that for me that's that's the biggest thing and um and also yeah. just be predictable to the extent where people people know that I'm going to provide them the best quality that I can and that um that I care about my reputation and what kind of things I provide for people to listen to. Yeah. That's excellent, man, because you it, it, it seems like you were explaining that you're toggling between predictability and unpredictability. And, you know, there's, there's a balance, you know, people know that you do music that's predictable. You're not right. you know, coming in and you know, what I'm right. saying? Just juggling or anything right. like that or tightrope and you're right. coming right. in to do music. And I, and, I, and I think for an artist, that's predictable enough. You know, exactly. like we know that Picasso was a painter. All right, cool. Right. What he's gonna paint next? It's like, yo, say right. that for that exactly. man's creativity. You know, right. what I'm exactly. say that for his brain and his experiences on what he's gonna bring to that canvas, man. So, right. completely yeah. understand. Last question. All right. <laughs> and I think this is this is the most important question of them all. Mm -hmm. This 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 question deserves a drum roll, like an unpredictable drum pattern right all right <laughs> yes it's man chris growing up in chicago mm -hmm. something that you learn firsthand when you when you step outside from the mm -hmm. crib mm -hmm. you know what you want to avoid that's my question. Mm -hmm. What, when you chose music, the meaning of music, and chose to be an artist, what did you want to avoid? Hmm. Wow. Oh, um, wow. Well, I, I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to avoid not being liked. <laughs> That's you know what I mean. That's the first thing. Um, so so I, I constantly like behind closed doors, constantly worked on my craft. Yeah. Uh, to be better, whether it was freestyling, whether it was producing, whether it was, you know, DJing, scratching, whatever the case might be. Um, that's the first thing. Um, big question again. I forget. I know that. that. I liked you a lot. Yeah, I, I threw <laughs> myself out of the way of our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm sorry. I, I got sidetracked. What was the question? One more time with the uh, avoidance. It's knowing it's uh, it's knowing that you love something, but knowing that you want to avoid something within this union. Like right, okay. I can put it in, you know, you're a married man. You want to avoid loose chicks that's out there. You know, you just want to avoid that at all costs. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you ain't going to yeah. catch me in a club at 2 a.m. Right. And that's, that's just not me. I'm going to avoid right. that situation. Right. So, yeah. you know, just from an art form standpoint, what did you want to avoid as, as an artist? Yeah. For, yeah for, first, first, like black juice, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't, didn't want to not, not be like that was the first right. thing. Um, second thing was just, um, not, uh, not not getting myself like not 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 being in a 
bad deal. You know what I mean? Like, cause I used to hear that so much as a young and coming up, you know, about all these artists who signed these deals. Um, one, you know, like I said, just w- wanted people to like me to, uh, you know, uh, be honest, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, just, just do things, just do things as, as honorably as I possibly could based around, you know, the resources and the knowledge that I have, right? Cause sometimes we make mistakes or what we do not because it's malicious, it's because we weren't informed, right? That it was something missing. So, you know, that that's really it, man. Just to not be misunderstood. Like never, you know, I never want to say something within a lyric that, you know, comes off where somebody's like, wait a minute. You know what I mean? Shout out to the baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so yeah, you don't, you know, don't want to say anything that's misunderstood. And even now, like, um, you know, like I'm I, it just as a, a, a reflect is like we got Spillaney project coming out um, pretty soon on a label out in Australia. And, um, you know, I've, my I never let my daughters hear any of that material um, until like recently with them being older. So I already finally got a chance to listen to it. And, you know, the the feeling of having, you know, your daughter listen to hear some of the things that you probably wouldn't have said in front of your mama. Uh, it's one of those things too so that's that's something that i just learned that you know what you put out can come back for you to have to do a lot of explaining later on uh in life too so that that was something that i learned that was i wish i would have known that then i would probably tread lightly but but um but it was also responsible and then you know also tell her hey you know this is my mind this was my mindset at the time you know i was the same age that you were at this time she's just like okay dad so um but yeah that's that that's pretty much it, man. Just just yeah. for people to to like what it is that I'm doing, and uh, you know, be honest, never be fake. You know what I'm saying? Um, I try to give people the the best advice. Um, you know, try to give you know positive critiquing along with constructive criticism. You know what I mean? And you know, people handed that down to me, so I, that's all I can do. It just makes everybody better at the end of the day. Avoid being well, ingenuine. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, big man. Well, that's the eight core principles of gamification. That was dope, man. That was uh, dope. Yeah, it. yeah, and and like I said, it's 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 fun, and you know, life is a game, as they say. You know, everybody yeah. wants to win, but there's 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 something that goes into winning, and these eight core principles actually balance out who you are when you're going to different levels in your life and everything like that so i i hope this sheds some light on like who you are what you do and how you moving forward man because i definitely learned a lot definitely learned a lot man Um, same here all right i got one more question for you um Uh And this is something that has graduated over to uh, my my other radio show that I would always ask anyone because everyone that that that's on the show, I respect like 10 times. So mm-hmm. much respect to you. But I want to know, Mr. Hawkins, cool out, Chris, what mm-hmm. is your superpower? Wow. Um, hmm. I've been asked this recently, too. Um, my superpower is love in all forms and fashions positive love and energy because at the end of the day 
I think that's what we all want, right? We all want we all want to be able to do what it is that we want to do, and we want to be loved everywhere, right? Whether it be from mom, pops, whether it be from our kids, you know what I'm saying? Whether it be from any family member. So for me, my superpower is love. I try to spread that everywhere I go, you know what I mean? Anybody I interact with, you know what I'm saying? I was, I always felt like, you know, like, like I was bestowed this power to be able to do this to for any and everybody. You know what I mean? All walks like even when I was a kid, you know, I was always the I was always the kid that got paired up with the, the kid that that everybody didn't like. Right? Always, right? I'm on the bus, you know, the homeless guy who, you know, has been down on his luck, probably smell like I don't know what. He sits right next to me and starts talking to me. So my superpower is love because I I just draw it just draws to me, you know what I mean? And I give that love back no matter who it is. I don't care how you look, I don't care how you you I don't even have to you don't we don't even have to know how to communicate, but I'm gonna show you some love. That's probably yeah. like man, uh it, it sends chills because I don't contest that coming from you, man, because when I met you, you showed me love, like from, from the point on i'm like man there's there's a million other djs in chicago all this talent you knowing everybody being a part of legendary hip-hop group man you you showed me mad love and and you don't know what that did to my confidence man like man. after working with you i was like yo i'm going to california man thank I'm, you i'm putting this jet pack on that this dude has given me knowing the sources of hip-hop and i'm gonna fly over there and do the same thing and i'm not gonna change or anything like that that was that came from being a part of that unit man that's blessed that you allowed me in man so i i, I want to thank you for that man that's man. nothing but love salute to you but i couldn't have man i couldn't have nobody rocking behind me but you hey. <laughs> the only, other, only other dj that has been backing us up and we haven't performed in over a year maybe about a wow. year year and a half now is bvax that's it there's only been two urbanized music djs dj journey and dj bvax that's it brother so wow. man shout out to you love you brother definitely Man, much yes, love sir. to you, brother, and the yes, family, sir. man. So yes, we'll wrap it up here, man. Thanks so much. Uh, before we leave, we want to mm -hmm. uh, tell people about where they can find you, where they can find this yes. project. Yes. And, uh, what's the future of uh, what Cool Eye Chris got coming up next? Man, so, man, um, so uh, you can catch me on all social media platforms uh, at Cool Out Chris. Uh, you can catch us at urbanizedmusic.com. We just uh, we're getting ready to launch beatquarters.com, which is our website, uh, which will be uh, featuring our first uh, our first signed act, uh, Muyan from uh, from Nigeria. Um, and then currently we have uh, just came out August 14th, Sam I Am and Cool Out Chris Remote Control. So it's seven hot joints on here. You can catch this at uh, coolouchris.bandcamp.com. Uh, that project is out right now. Um, we have a new urbanized music project coming out called Michael Io, which is basically both of our middle names, but it's a much more eclectic project than our, our past stuff. Well, you know, we sing, but you know, rap, but this one is really a lot more singing, real diverse music styles. Uh, got a project with Erratic Static coming out, uh, Bam Ski, Andreas Haley. Uh, there's, we're in the talks of a, of a pro, uh, uh, thing going with uh, Prime Meridian also. So. 
So yeah, and the, the new Spillaney's, well, Spillaney's greatest hits is what I'll call it, is uh, coming out soon off uh, Dustin Dolphin Records out in Australia. So yeah, we got we got a lot of stuff cooking, man. A lot of stuff cooking. That's what's up, man. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure having you, and um, let's let's do this again soon, man. Yes, sir, brother. Yes, yes, yes. And on behalf of Sam, because it looks like he just finally messaged me now. <laughs> I'm going to let them know I represented for both of us for the project for remote control. So I appreciate you, brother. You know, if you need anything from me, just a phone call away. Absolute, man. We'll keep you posted. All right, cool. Bob Stream Beats. Peace. Peace. Thanks again for listening to Vibe Stream Beats Podcast. If you want to learn more about Vibe Stream Beats, go to solo.to forward slash Vibe Stream Beats. Also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Vibe Stream Beats. Take care.